Yo, yo. Hey. What up, What's up guys? Good to see you. Good to see you guys. How's it going? Going pretty good. Going pretty good considering. Yeah, man. How's it down there in Tennessee? It's pretty quiet, pretty chill. It's, it's yeah. I mean, we're, we're quarantined like y'all are, but it's, yeah. we're in the country, so it's a little more chill than New York. Good, right? good. That's good. It's too, it's too crazy out here in New York City. Yeah, New York is <laughs> yeah. crazy, man. How you doing out yeah. there? We're holding up all right, man. My, my family's good. You know, we're trying to get out every now and then, but it's wild, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, it's thanks. Strong, thanks again. It's crazy. I, I, yeah. I'm from New York. I ain't never seen nothing, no shit like this. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> well, man, well, thank you guys for joining me once again for another interview. You know, yeah. one of your biggest supporters. And, man, I was listening to the to your guys' album again today, American Griots, and I just got to say, Listening back to that thing, man, that, that album is a masterpiece. I got to say, a musical masterpiece. And I don't think it's really gotten the appreciation it deserves because just the musicality, the instrumentation, you know, the vocals, the uniqueness of the sound, you know, like everything all combined, it sounds like nothing we've gotten ever. Man, and I just want to give you guys props. Thank you. Thank so you. just reflect on that album a bit. It's been out for a little while now. What do you remember about, you know, creating it? Well, it was creative freedom mm -hmm. so part of the reason we became lewis york and moved to nashville was to be able to just be a little bit more of ourselves and we you know because you've been supporting we put out the eps masterpiece theater act one two and three and that was just us like letting the world know that we are a band right and getting used to like the crazy twists and turns the music does but american griots is like fully realized mm -hmm. right right it's it's the songs as we want them the arrangements are sick. I mean, there's live horns and strings and all the stuff that we that we wanted to put in there. Yeah. So, it's 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 uh, it's all our lessons in one album, but it's the kind of crazy masterpiece that we wanted people to get and know Lewis York for. Yeah. And I just love that you can't even define it to one genre. You've got so yeah. many types of sounds on this project. It's like, like I said, nothing we've heard in a while, and probably nothing we will hear. And that's what I respect so much about it and about you guys. You were unafraid to just follow your, your dream and your direction. I love that. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, to us, what are you doing if you're not challenging yourself and making the best music of your life? And, right. And, we, and we, we wanted to finally put out a true representation of who we are as musicians. A lot of times we get boxed into a certain thing, and so people don't get the full breadth of the kinds of musician we are. Right. And so we want we wanted to use American Griots as the beginning of us putting out a, a legit calling card of who we are as musicians and, and creative people. Right. And what's the support been like? I mean, I know it's sometimes challenging when your music doesn't fit into a box, trying to define it to one genre. I yeah. mean, we're an R&B site, but, you, you know, and we, st we love your music because it's kind of, some of it's rooted in R&B, but we, we love it all as a whole, just as music. But it's yeah. like getting support all around. It's been great, man. We've we've been able to actually spread our wings with American Griots. Um, it mm -hmm. took one song took us to the Today Show. Mm -hmm. One song took us to the Grand mm -hmm. Opry. Uh, Don't you forget, it's doing pretty good. How will I feel? Did pretty good on the radio for a while. So Velvet is the crowd favorite. Velvet is the crowd favorite, and so we we just we're an independent label. So as far as commercial success. We, we let the music take us take us where it's, it want to take us. We don't, right. we don't try to put our even put ourselves in the box with expectations. We kind of just let the creativity take us where it want to take us, and it take us to some amazing places. Yeah. I never would have thought that we 
um, get to do the Grand Ole Opry. No. That's mm -hmm. that, that, that black black yeah, no, get to do. Yeah, I mean, Especially not doing country music. We yeah. had a country band and we were able to do that and get called back to do it again. Yeah, so yeah. it's those kind of things that that gives us the inspiration to keep going because that's what musicians path is supposed to be. You're supposed to you're supposed to spread your wings. You're supposed to do things and let, let the art take you and and let you land where you're supposed to land. Yep. Absolutely. And I got to say, I love the cover you have on the end of the album. You got to be, um, you know, love that song. And you really did that one justice. Yeah, thank thank you. you, man. You know, we, we never do covers. So, yeah. so yeah. Like, like, you don't see us online doing covers. We don't, I mean, we create songs for other people to cover. So right. it's, it was, it was a pretty big, uh, I wouldn't say a risk, but it was a pretty big jump for us to come out, out of our own creative box and do something. But the song kept on um, popping up while we were recording the album. We saw mm -hmm. the video, uh, we kept, kept we kept hearing it and, and kept re referring to how it felt. And so at the last minute, we were like, let's put our spin on this. And we definitely tried to respect it, but also put our spin on it. Yeah. Great job on that one. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. You know, I remember when you guys first kicked off Lewis York. I think it's been about five years now. And uh, I remember this awesome event you guys put on. I think it was in like an old church or something. It was some strange venue that I've never been to. That was a synagogue yeah. in, down, in uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Lower East Side. That was, yeah, that, I thought was that was that so epic. Empty? That was amazing. I've never been to an event like that. So, you know, it was awesome. We had a <laughs> but, harpist. Yeah. We had a harpist. We had all kind of vibes. Yeah. We had on a little secret. That was the most money we had spent in one night. Right, that was an expensive ass event. <laughs> the whole Louis York weirdo workshop train. That was the, the yeah. And but the thing is, we wanted to let people know off the bat that that's the bar. Yeah, that's what mm -hmm. we're trying to get to. That's that's the kind of stuff. That's expect that when you come to see a live show. Expect that when right. they were releasing music. Expect that when we introduce you to other artists that we're working with, so that you can. We just want people to understand that that's all about greatness and higher heights. So, and that yep. was the beginning. That was the beginning. And we've Holy shit! So much since then. <laughs> yeah. Just in knowing who we are as musicians and as creators and live performers and live performers. Yeah. The whole. Mm -hmm. So it was. That was the beginning. It's really epic stuff. I mean, so the album was last year. I mean, what do you guys have in in, in store for you know up next? What are you thinking about doing next? Well. We let you in a little secret. The good part about it is we quarantined in a studio. We're quarantined in our studio. <laughs> so it's awesome. I, I mean, when when you get caught and Chuck in the studio and and we're locked away, we create records. So yeah. um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure we were playing. That wasn't the original plan, but obviously Corona had different plans for us. So yeah. we're we're halfway through our our next album right now. Yeah, and it's awesome. Bonkers. Yeah, it's 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 way different, and and I feel like we've elevated since American Griot. So you gonna hear actually hear both. Yes, which which is which is exciting for us because we're just getting we we know we know we're just getting started. We have so much more yeah. these brains of ours, um, and we're and we're still writing. We're, we've just been writing and creating and planning. Uh, we have some songs we're sending out to a few artists that we love. Mm -hmm. um, nice. We're still writing for the very best. And we're working on the Shindellas. We work on their debut album as well, yeah. which is going crazy. Wow. Bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dope. Looking forward to hearing that, too. Yeah, That's yeah. epic. Um, you know, something we love to do on the site when we do these interviews is reflect back a bit, talk a bit about the history. So if I could get each of you guys um, to reflect back on your first placement, you know, as a songwriter and as a producer, like, what was your first placement? How'd you get it? 
Jeez, Jeez. Louise. The first? Okay. All right. So my first placement. Oh, wait. Let me, let me make sure I'm telling the truth. Hold on. <laughs> The first, the, the first, uh, I would say, notable placement mm. was yeah. Frank, Frankie J. Mm. Uh, Columbia Records. Right. Uh, I wrote a song called Daddy's Little Girl. And uh, I met Frankie through Columbia and through a number of people, DJ Clue and a bunch of stuff I've been working with. And I ended up working with Frankie J. And that was the first time a song got cut and was on the album, right. he was a single. And ironically, he performed it on Regis and, and Kathy mm. at the time. Um, we're, nice. we're friends with her now, so it's kind of a full circle moment. But um, <laughs> no, nah, it was just a whole new world. I was, I, I'd never seen a song of mine even be on an album that was coming on a major label. Mm. So um, getting dope. that placement gave me the fire I needed to know that I wasn't crazy and to actually keep on going. Yeah. Dope. My, my you, was, Mine was, uh, it was actually uh, this artist named Paula Campbell. Oh, that's, yeah, how I, that's how I met Neo. I know Paula. Yeah, and so she had this song that uh, Neo wrote called Ain't Nobody Stupid. And I didn't, get the, I didn't give the track to the guy that got the track to Neo. For that, I gave it to him for Maya. He said he needed a track mm -hmm. for, for Maya. And so I uh -huh. sent them that track. I guess he played it for Neo. Neo wrote something for his artist. So the mix-up, whatever mix-up happened, uh, it was trying to exclude me from the situation. But Shame. Not Neo, Damn. of course not. <laughs> I'm not but but the, the, the person that was um, passing that track around. And so they couldn't get the files without me. And that's how I got the, to meet Neo. Tango was like, well, Whoever got the files, that's who did the track. Mm. And I had the, the Pro Tools files because I did the track, of course. But I met Neo, and that's that's that that song came out. I forgot who she was signed to, and I don't know if the song did anything, but that was my first placement. Wow. A great first taste of the industry. It almost, like, chewed you up and spit you out, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. It's, 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 and that's it's a part of world. it. It's a part of it. <laughs> that's a part of it. Yeah, of course. Um, so I was looking at your guys' discography and, you know, trying to reconnect the dots of when you guys first started working together and looking at some of the hits you guys created together. If you don't mind me just taking through a couple of these, you know, the first one I came across was Chrisette Michelle's uh, Blame It On Me. Mm. What do you guys remember about working together on that one? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was literally the first time I met this guy. You know oh, yeah? I was, I was signed to Neo at the time, and so I was working out of the A-Room at Compound Studios. And uh, Steve Ferreira, though, rest in peace, Steve, but he was work. he was an A&R in Def Jam, and I was doing work on Anastasia over in London. Mm. And he, he he pulled me to the side, and he was like, man, I, I, I got this artist that I think you'll be great with, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna pair you with this pop writer, and what you do on the urban side, and what he'll bring on the pop side, would he think it'll do something. And so literally blaming on me, he came down to Atlanta to work mm -hmm. with me and blaming on me and Fragile was the first, first two, two songs, songs we did. We wrote. Wow. Same day Yeah. I bet you guys never expected you'd be, you know, working together like this now, you know, from that first meeting. I, I knew, you know, most you people know? no, no, what I'm saying <laughs> is like, most 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 people don't know 
this about me because they think I'm I'm just a producer, but I am a songwriter by nature. You're a songwriter. And so songwriting is what is what does it for me. And so when I when I first heard Neo right on my track and when I first heard Claude right on my tracks, that's that's when I knew I was working with a special combination. Wow. That's epic. And the rest is history, right? The rest and is history. <laughs> it, 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 I, I'm going to jump in because it, it wasn't that smooth, actually. Let's spill the tea here. Quarantine time with You Know I Got Soul. So All right. to be fair, just, just actually, and to give ourselves some credit, when Chrisette was coming out that album, R&B was totally different. Yeah. So it was like, I don't, I don't remember who was out at the time, but it was a lot more synthetic pop, almost four on the floor, EDM. Mm. Stuff yep, going yep. On. And I, I believe it was already a risk that LA really had taken by even signing a corset during that time. So by the time we got to her on her second album, they, they wanted to take her crossover. So we went in, we did Fragile and Blame It On Me. And we had never worked together. It was our first time doing some like serious work for LA Reid and we wanted to obviously impress and get the cuts. We ended up doing five songs, but when we did Blame It On Me, um, we did record at Compound and certain people in the building were, because nothing, nothing like that was out right now, so there's no guarantee it could work. Yeah. We didn't think that's, those songs were gonna work. And so and we weren't really sure either, so we sent all five songs into Steve Ferreira. I flew back to New York, Chuck stayed in Atlanta. I was in LA. I went to LA. You went to LA, and we were just basically like, we fucked this up. Like, no one, like, <laughs> no one at the studio liked the songs. Nobody. Yeah. No one there believed in it, so they're not gonna like it at Def Jam. We get this call from Steve Ferreira separately, but the exact same call. He's like, all right, he's sitting down. We're like, yeah. He's like, I have some good news and I have some bad news. So I'm like, what? And now I'm like, I'm like my career is over. And he's like, uh, the good news is that all five of these songs are fucking hits. Yeah. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> so yeah. Sure. And so I'm like, what's the bad news? And he's like, the bad news is that L.A. Reid heard and he loves it and he needs you to go back and finish the album. Oh, wow. Like, that's not bad news. Yeah. So um, that whole experience, I think, gave us both a, uh, a jolt of confidence because we totally went on a limb. Like, Fragile was literally there was no reference point that was happening on the radio. We were talking about the Supremes yeah. and, it, and it came out like that. And Blame It On Me was, it's pretty much a power ballad. Mm -hmm. And even now it's hard to, to get power ballads on the radio. But we did that song, I think it was, was it like Steve, I want to say Steve Harvey, mm -hmm. who heard it, a pre, heard that part of the album before it came out and was like, yeah. this is a hit. If you put this out, I'm putting this on the radio. And that's uh -huh. kind of jump started that whole. Mm -hmm. Chrisette Epiphany movement, which is still, we listen to that record of the day, we're so proud of those songs. Yeah, man. That right. was, That's those, amazing. Some of our original creations, man. We are proud yeah. of those. Mr. Wright, all that stuff, Notebook. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you guys this, and I mean this in the least shadiest way possible, but like, I'm not trying to diss any artists, but you've worked with so many artists. Who have been the toughest, maybe the most demanding to work with, like in the studio, where it just hasn't, you know, I don't, I don't want to diss anyone or make anyone in a bad way. <laughs> Who has it been tough to work with? Like they just, I, I don't know. Maybe they're just, they just demand a lot. Or is there any way to discuss that without putting anyone down or hurting any opportunities for you guys? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right, we can well, move on. I mean, we can keep it funky. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, I, I know. I, I was about to say like 
I, I haven't really had many bad studio experiences. Like no. I, I, I'm a, first of all, I'm, I'm quiet in the studio, and me and Claude are really surgical. It's not like it's not yeah. like a, a lot of room for drama. It's kind of like we go to the piano, we come up with the idea. I go in my headphones. He go behind the mic, and then he record what he record. I record what we record. We put it together, and then the artists come, they sing it, and it's kind of. We Uber home. You know we Uber the hell home. You know yeah. We, and it was on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, I wanted to be about business in the studio. I just, I wanted to really be about me getting my creativity out. And so that's kind of the, you, you have, you have a little rift here and there about a, a creative idea, but for the most part, it, it Nobody has been super, super mm -hmm. difficult. Now, I mean, we have, I mean, we have, we don't have no personal beef with anybody. In the mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, we just really, really care about the best possible results. And so the only time it doesn't work out is if we don't see eye to eye on the work ethic yeah. or like the possibilities. So, I mean, there's, there's no beef with anyone really. Right. But if you want to answer, I will say this. I, I will say that Chuck and Claude should have way more hits with Fantasia. <laughs> I'll, leave it, I'll leave it at that. Well, well, yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> shout out. That, I mean, I, I mean, know. shout out to the song, the hit you did have with her, Bittersweet. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's an amazing record that did come out. You remember that one? Remember yeah. it well, yeah. yeah. That, that's why I'm saying we should have had way more hits with Fantasia. <laughs> but, um, it's not, sometimes yeah. crumbles not, not in your favor. And plus, and plus, to be fair, like, we're, we're not the, we're not the, the songwriting producer team that ever chased trends and a lot of times when when people come when people are ready to put out an album they chasing the trend and so mm -hmm. there's a disconnect right there because i ain't about to chase no trend like i'm either gonna make the trend or i ain't gonna be part of the conversation right you know like I, I don't chase no nobody and so i think a lot of times that's the disconnect but we stay true, you know what I'm saying? We stay true to the bar that we set for our music. We, we stay true to the bar we set as it relates to integrity concerning music as a whole. Right. Because we care, we fans of music first. And that's why we give our all to it. Yeah. Like if we was just trying to rape and pillage, then you have a whole nother discography filled with the latest sound from, from every era in my discography. But you don't see that. You see me following my heart on my discography the whole time. Hundred percent. The biggest thing is that is that Chuck and I respect music enough to know when it's not our place to be involved. Yeah, that's a lot right. of producers and writers' problem is they're just trying to write over everything, and artists are taking everything without actually a and ring their projects. Mm. And so, like like for example, like if, if if I if I hear Tony Braxton's looking for records, and I love Tony Braxton, we both worked yeah. before, mm -hmm. but I respect music to nothing that if I hear she's in with Babyface, then. You don't need me. You don't need me. <laughs> you don't need my little janky. I can't record. wait to buy it. Right, right, right. I want to hear it. Yeah. So, right. if, if more people had respect for what was just the best possible scenario for their for their situation, mm -hmm. um, and that means removing your ego sometimes. So there's sometimes when I would love to be work with an artist, but I'm not the best person because it's just the thing that's going on right here that's magic. Then mm -hmm. you should follow that. So the reason I right. said what I said is that when you when you get lightning in a bottle, you should always chase lightning in a bottle. Chase it. Hundred percent. Shout out to our guy Dollar in the house. He's been a big Dollar. supporter of you guys and the bus as well. Dollar. <laughs> Dollar, guy. Dollar knows music. Let me yeah, say he knows music. He knows damn music. It's yes, a, he does. We've been a fan of Dollars for, for a long quite time. some time. So. 
Mm -hmm. that's, that's the homie right there. Yeah. See, the Shindellas are in the house as well. What up, Shindellas? The Dells, the ladies. Oh, I want to ask you guys about one more song, though, and that's um, Let It See Pieces of Me. Remember doing that one? Yeah. We just got off the we phone with talking about her. We, we did our podcast today. But, um, oh, yeah? Yeah. Let It See, Let it see is the homie. Mm -hmm. um, we did Pieces of Me at Chuck Studio in L.A. You feel me? Vanilla okay. Um, And the thing about it, let me tell you the honest to God truth. We spend a lot of time doing something. When we have time, we can spend hours just doing stuff. But some of our most crazy, innovative stuff has happened, like, under pressure. Yeah. And that was one of them. Like, Let Us See came in the studio. And I, it, I don't know if we did. I don't know if we. Why Why do we? We just kind of were. The guy didn't like, let's create something. Mm -hmm. And literally, Chuck was just like. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it just like, it was like, people just don't know. It just came right it, away. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that one and, and Bittersweet, Bittersweet came, came out like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Top. Mm. That's amazing. She got it right away. And then she added her flair to it. And I mean, Lettuce is Lettuce. So I'm, I'm proud of that song because I think it took her to a new heights as well that she deserved to be in as an artist. Absolutely. Yeah. And we just we got a chance to see her performing with the Fist Jubilee Jubilee singers right before the show. That's the last thing home. we did before this before the, the quarantine was yeah. to see her at, at and it was oh, it was magical to see see them singing and the band playing and her just doing that song. That song that song still feels good. Yep. Still love that song. Yeah. Um as we wrap up this interview, I want to talk about your your guys' album a little more. That song, don't you forget, you know, we love that song. One of our favorites from last year. Man, I really think that song could have reached heights somehow, like somewhere. That should have reached the masses, I feel like. And, and it could have, that song touched me. My wife heard it for the first time. She was going nuts. Like, that song is made to touch people. I just love that song. You, you know you know what, what it is, man. We in, we in this thing for the long haul. Yeah. So that song will see. It, it will touch the masses. You know what I'm Amazing. saying? Amazing. We, we don't feel like, first of all, we're an independent label. And then yeah. second. We, we make art, and so art will find its way to yeah. people. And so even if it's not in our lifetime, somebody going to sample it. Somebody yeah. going to read mm -hmm. it. Sometimes some, it's, it's a catalog thing for us. Chuck, um, Chuck always says that we're making new sampleable music. Yeah. Not, don't, don't copy it now because we're still putting it out. <laughs> but the idea right. is to make the kind of music that you can discover in a year, in a month, a year, in 10 years, and it'll still be literally classic for you. I, a lot, there's a lot of stuff that I discovered when I was a kid that was already vintage. Yeah, I remember the first time I discovered the Jackson Five. Yeah, me and too. I'm a kid of the '80s, and they came out in the late '60s, early '70s. And it's, it, you need to be making the kind of music that people can discover a generation from now, yeah. and you become a stand because I, I became a stand. Yeah. So don't you forget. Hopefully, is that kind of vibe. And and actually, I think the whole album is that way because if you really listen to it, because it doesn't sound like anything that's out right now. You know, people aren't might not get it at first, but when they discover it later on, when it when it finally hits them, you know, it's not yeah. disposable, is what it is. It's not disposable. Right. So, so people probably don't even can't even understand because it's just so musical. There's so many elements. I just love the rave about this album. You know, so I think that it's gonna it has definitely has a timeless quality, and people once they catch on, man, I, I hope really they start spreading the word and it just blows up. Yeah, man. that's the goal, man. We appreciate you because you help you help us do that every single day. Yeah, we see the love. Like yeah. we're on social media, it's us, and we know who's supporting. And right. 
not everyone you think it sh should be is. And so we respect the ones that really, really stick their neck out and, and champion for us. And you're, you know, I got soul has been real deal. Holy Phil. Yeah, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate that guys. So that's, that's all the questions I got for you guys before we get out of here. Anything else you want to say? No, man. Thank you. Thank you for keeping the legacy of music alive the best way you can. We, yeah. we out in Nashville trying to do it our way. And so together, I just feel like music, got, we, we still, it's still essential. So it's going to mm -hmm. find its way and it's going to mm -hmm. find its way to, to bigger audience and more things, especially black music. So yep. I'm just excited. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to you for doing what you do for it. Yep, keep skipping. And, and as a supporter of R&B music, just there's always debates about R&B being dead. Like it's not dead. Keep the faith. Like, there's people like, like us out here doing the real, the real music. Like yeah, thinking about what needs to happen, not just doing whatever, but thinking about how to push this thing forward. We're not the only ones, but we're some of the ones doing it. So um, right. just stick with us and yeah, spread man. the word because the word, we literally are trying to change, change how people view this through greatness. So right. People know. We're not quitting, so y'all can't quit. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to keep it going, guys. And once again, appreciate you. Look forward to linking up once again when this is all over and we can all, you know, interact again in person. And, yes, uh, you know, <laughs> stay safe in the meantime. Yes, sir. All right, man. Have a good one. All right. Appreciate you. Take care, guys. All right, man.